0: Hi and welcome everyone to the 77th episode of Serum Rocks. This is Marcus Allanson and today's podcast will be about becoming a power platform solution builder. And with me today I have Rory Neer from Data Spinners. Rory Neer is a chartered accountant Power Platform consultant based in London, South Buckinghamshire, UK. Rory has spent the early part of his career in finance, auditing, and reporting roles and now specializes in Power Apps, Flow, and Microsoft BI stack. He's active in Microsoft community, posting related videos through the YouTube channel, and he's a Power Apps community blogger on powerusers.microsoft.com. Welcome Rory.
1: Hi there. Thank you for having me.
0: How are you doing today?
1: I'm very good, thank you. yeah Um I've been doing plenty of uh, power platform work today, so I'm really ready to go uh, for this uh, podcast.
0: So, what is it that you do?
1: Well, I guess it's a, a range of things and it, and it has changed over time. So, um and it does reflect the sorts of things, you know, that my my journey into the power platform. So, as you've mentioned already, I'm a chartered accountant. And so uh, I've gone through a, a kind of journey where I've moved from, you know, Power BI to Power Apps, then into Flow, and then further into the whole Power Platform world. So I guess I am a Power Platform consultant. And I, uh, in my recent contracts, I brought the Power Platform to UK Parliament. And I've also brought it to listed organization in the UK footsie
0: we're customers all the time what's your last memorable customer experience as a customer
1: I I got my daughter to make a present for a good friend of mine who's active in the community will Dorrington, and he became a an mvp recently and uh, we met and he he had this app where he had the super mario um, he had a super mario app and and i met him there and i thought oh gosh he's as mad as me so um and when he became a an mvp i got my daughter to do him a picture and it was a super mario picture and i thought it'd be fun and uh, and i got the picture framed at a local um, picture framers and as i was picking it up i said uh, i'm going to post this is that okay and they said to me um mm, well you know you need to be really careful with the glazing and 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 so on obviously it's got glass um and and i hadn't really considered it and i said oh well can you kind of maybe help you know can you package it a bit and they and so what they did was they literally cut some card to shape they they wrapped in so much uh so much material that you know it it was well it was as well protected as it could be and um you know that was it was a good experience, I think because the the package got there you know to him and the gla- the glass was all was all fine um and to be honest if i think i've done it myself it probably would have arrived and it would have been cracked so um that was nice you know it was uh, so that was a good uh, a good experience uh, for me um yeah there's plenty of other uh, experiences i guess but that was well that was a nice one
0: what's a power platform solution builder is that any difference from a citizen developer
1: I guess let's, if we just take a step back and say, well, what is the Power Platform? Essentially, it is uh, a combination of the parts of Power BI, Power Apps, and Flow, and arguably, uh, and then the, the datasets that underlie it so essentially a solution builder is the individual that is able to pull those different products together in a meaningful way that reflects the user stories uh, essentially the data stories that exist uh, and also the user experience that we that we want to have and um and on one level it might sound straightforward on another level, it it can be complex, uh, and and so it's yeah. As I say, it's the the person that pulls those all the products together, and and the and the you know the, you you're going to know whether or not you've done it right because people will actually use the product, and you're going to know whether or not it's right because you've got good governance in place so that the solution can have some kind of application lifecycle management um, process in place. So. Um, that's that is what a solution developer uh, should be.
0: So Microsoft are touting or, or screaming out the system citizen developer, the no code, the low code solutions. What are your thoughts on what it takes to to become a, a citizen developer here? Then
1: I think the I'm absolutely fascinated with the idea of. The citizen developer. I, I you know, a, a citizen developer in essence is someone who has uh, arrived into the developer space, and let's let's for argument's sake say that it is the power platform. They've arrived there, but not as you know through the traditional computer science route or even dynamics you know there's quite a lot of examples where people are dynamics customers and they get into crm then they get into you know maybe some kind of consultancy role and arrive through that route um a citizen developer perhaps in the context of the power platform is somebody that arguably just comes across the power platform in some way whether on its power bi or power apps and just thinks Wow, this could solve some of my problems and, and there and there are examples of them. Um but these people do not have coding experience. They do not have developer experience. They they just see something that they they, they see a need within their organization and they see a product where they believe that it has the capacity to help them and They've also got the get up and go that means they they turn their thoughts about you know whether or not it might be successful or not into action and and they take a risk because you know the biggest risk you can take is with your time and and also with your reputation because you're not a developer, so why should you be any good at this so they they have an awful lot of really interesting qualities you know as well as you know being closer to the business and closer to the needs of the business
0: do you think that it takes a certain type of people or uh, folks to take this kind of risks and and go for these challenges then
1: absolutely yeah i mean you you've it's it's not an easy road i don't want to put people off it but it it's the nature of the nature of being a developer in this space is you just got to get up more times than you fall over and and you will fall over before you succeed so my my wife is a teacher and she talks about um first fail which is um first attempt in learning so you you, you need to accept that you will not be successful first time and you just got to keep you know believing that that actually you know you will be um successful and and that you can build things that that are meaningful
0: and not just fail first but fail fast enough so you still have momentum and don't have dug yourself too deep in the hole then
1: yeah I, mean, I guess there's different types of failure there are, there are there's big failures and small failures where a small failure might be you didn't get that little bit of formula right and eventually you did get it right well that's a small failure um but I guess a big failure is if you fundamentally miss the point about what the product is intended to do or you build a data structure that cannot possibly support your needs or your reported needs. So there are a range of types of failure. And, and as you say, if you can fail fast, then then great. And I think that's, that's, you know, a huge challenge with, with, you know, you've got to have some kind of data modeling brain um, where you're thinking about how am I going to solve all of these problems? Because when you start building something, you, you can't it's it's very much chicken and egg as to whether or not you know you start building it and then you start building the data sets that support it or you build the data sets and then you start building your solution and then you think about you know but all the time you've maybe got to think about you know there's going to be some reporting piece at the end and there typically is a reporting piece at the end of every every kind of um every kind of power platform project that generally speaking, there is something reporting-wise. So you've got to kind of have your eye on that whilst it's not necessarily the most important thing whilst you're, you know, building your power app. So it's it's a tricky one.
0: Okay, so I've heard Microsoft representing talk about one of the parts, the Canvas apps, sort of as, well, if you know a little bit about Excel and PowerPoint, then you know how to do Canvas apps. What do you think about this statement?
1: Well I guess in short I would say that I have been building Canvas apps for you know getting on for you know let's say it's 20 months now and I and thinking the canvas app world that is quite a lot and i am still learning i am still learning uh, i'm still learning about new ways of combining the things that that i see in in front of me so um i think that uh, i think it's a it's it's a massive simplification and it's it i would almost say it's just you know it's it's kind of wrong um and but having said that that what i would say is the nature of all almost all of the formula structures is of an excel nature it's excel like nature if you wanted to do you know an if statement it would be just like you do it in excel and if you wanted to concatenate things it's exactly the same. As Excel, so I think if you're if you're very good at Excel, that's a help, to a point. Um, the the PowerPoint piece is interesting because you know I guess if you're good at PowerPoint, then perhaps you've got a sense of design. Now I wouldn't say just because you know how to get things to fly in and so on in PowerPoint, that's great, but if you've got a kind of design. Um, brain on you, then that is extremely helpful because you're then going to start to think about what the colors are like and also what the, I'm going to call this the, the user journey through your Canvas app is going to be like. And that's not really an Excel type thing. So, so maybe I'll, I'll step back a little bit from it, but, but I would still say that, that I'm continually learning about Canvas app. And I, I kind of think about, um, uh, I used to do oil painting and I and I sort of think about um, Monet and I think, well, yeah, I know, but he just had, you know, he just had paints and a 2D, you know, thing to work with. Look at all these variations that we've got in canvas apps. It's just vast. You know, you can, you can call flows that do all sorts of weird and wonderful things. So it is so, so rich. You can almost not get to the bottom of it. But what you can get to the bottom is 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 to understand your um your specific user story, and if you if you hold to your user story and whatever it is you are trying to get out of this product, that is the most important thing that you can do because you'll never finish a power app if you're if you're uh, not careful.
0: Okay, so where did you start this journey for yourself, then? trying to to find some power apps help or training or
1: so where i started was i um i moved out of accountancy i wanted to do something else i then did power bi i did it for about a year uh, and whilst i was doing that i was building such um uh, the sort of solutions that wouldn't sit you know quite right on a uh on your um company tenant so I started uh, I was we were we were getting a puppy and so I thought oh well I'll I'll build a power bi report that helps us to find a puppy in the country and and it would take data from different places and plot it on a map and so on but what that meant was that I then started seeing other things in office 365 on my own tenant oh power apps interesting and then you sort of think and because you're global admin on your own tenant you've got the licenses to everything so you go oh i wonder what that is and so i uh, i then started doing a power apps course which was um done uh, on edx by and it was run by audrey gordon uh, who's a good friend of mine and uh, she's one of the power apps program managers and and I started doing that course, and I thought, oh, this is do you know what? this is actually as good as it looks. This is like really, really good. This fills the gaps that are left by um by power bi and and, and there 's no criticism of power bi it, power bi does what it 's supposed to do, but when you 're an accountant and let's say you 've got a report, you want to be able to action. It's that it's that ability to action to, you know, as I see it, you know, Power BI tells you that the train is coming towards you, but Power Apps is the thing that gets you out of the way of the train. You know, Power BI doesn't do anything other than tell you things. So it's so for me, I was completely inspired by what power apps could could deliver and so i did that course and then um and then i i put it on my cv and i tweeted out that i uh i tweeted out to, to say anyone out there need any power um any power apps work <laughs> and someone actually replied and and so i did a tiny bit of uh, a little bit of consultancy And I must admit at that point, I wasn't amazing at it, but I did put up my CV. And then um, shortly after, I I got a call from a recruitment agent who had a role working for the Parliamentary Digital Service. And I went to them and I was actually the only person that went to them that could actually demonstrate that they had actually built Power Apps and I had a, a Power App that I used to do my expenses. And so I would just uh take photos of my expenses and so on. So uh and I was able to put them into my SharePoint list, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, and they thought that was quite good and so they took me on and uh we started building apps in uh for the parliamentary digital service. And it was a really it was a really challenging period because my experience and the need weren't necessarily matched up to each other and almost the the resources out there you know were lagging perhaps some of the governance aspects of um of power apps and so on were also lagging you know so there weren't there weren't that many great resources out there to tell you how to approach these problems but um uh, and you know maybe fortunately um the digital service really wanted to make sure that everything was done right in a robust way and so on. So I put together an awful lot of documentation associated with Power Apps and also lat- uh, later on with Flow because there was obviously quite a big correlation. So I brought those two products um, to the parliamentary digital service. And I i guess I'm pretty proud of that. It's not bad. Um, so, so
0: would you say that you stumbled of? Upon this, then, when you'd sort of discover it yourself, like almost two years ago, then.
1: Well, I mean, it it all actually started with when I was as an accountant. When someone, um, my um, my uh, assistant accountant, said, "Oh, you should look at um, Power Pivot," and I and I started looking at Power Pivot, and then I started looking at Power Query, and that's the data transformation tool. And and really, Power Pivot plus Power Query is kind of um it's it's the bedrock of power bi basically so so that got me that got me nicely in there and and the journey you know between the two isn't that it's not awful um and i did courses and so on so i'm i'm very uh, inquisitive in, in that respect and you know and and, and and i guess for me one of the interesting things is that when i started with these power bi wasn't that great and Power Apps was was actually ex- incredibly good. In fact, it it is you know it 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 punches well above its weight, but it's very very poorly known uh, globally. Um, so you know as as a as a fact, if you like, um, if you want to get an idea accepted um, for Power BI, you need about seven thousand votes, and if you want to get one accepted for Power Apps, you need maybe seventy five. So that gives you a sense of scale and you know, and you can see that you can see in terms of contracts and, and, and what's when you put your ear to the ground in the market. Power BI has made it. It's 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 in place, it's known about. People know about it. Power apps, it's absolutely not the case, you know, and and I, and I think that that um we have oases of fantastic work that's taken place in the likes of the sncf and standard bank and in virgin uh, and also in arriva buses where um keith watling works um you know so we've got great practice but you've also you know from the perspective of the sheer volume of office 365 tenants that are out there most of it is power apps deserts you know people don't know they've got it the um the global admins have will have locked it off so that people don't know even exists and so there's you know that you know i think it's going to take a good bit longer quite a bit longer for these things to get into place and it's you know and I think there will also be some challenges around real poor practice because you can you can develop a bad Excel spreadsheet, you can develop a bad anything, uh, and you can definitely develop a bad, you know, power platform solution.
0: <laughs> so do you think that it's good then that the world sort of runs on Excel, the world business runs on Excel today then? So that's a segue into this power platform
1: i maybe i wonder if that's maybe two questions is it, is the first maybe part of it is it good that the world runs on excel i think i think the answer to that is no i think it's awful um you know and <laughs> yeah, I, okay, I, i'm kind of hoping that you know the uh the excel police don't come round. but i really you know i'm I, i'm an accountant um i you know i lived my life on excel i would get in it would be you know my you know my my breakfast my you know my midday meal my my dinner you know i would build macros i would have macros that would that would you know would that would take you know spreadsheets and rebuild them and send them out and all sorts of weird and wonderful things and but ultimately th- the more work you put into an excel spreadsheet the the more complex it becomes and the more unusable and unsupportable it becomes so you know i'm sure there are some fantastic spreadsheets out there but there are also some awful ones and you do not know where the mistakes are are in the awful ones you know i think there's far less scope to make mistakes in in your power platform solutions and so on than than it is possible to do in 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 you know excel where you can have hidden sheets you can have macros Um, I mean, just just as I I find it fascinating going into organizations and you just have a little walk around and you just see how much Excel is being used to run these businesses. People emailing them, emailing each other Excel spreadsheets. You've got so many multiple versions of the truth. You've got, um, and, and, and then you even have people doing reporting out of Excel. And then when they want to do another report, they do another download and another set of transformations. It's, you know, to me, it's it's kind of backward, it it you know, and and the the issue with Excel is, its its power is it's all is also its its failing. It combines reporting and data. That's kind of what makes it great and it's fantastic at things like um reporting and uh, and particularly budgeting sort of scenarios fantastic for that sort of thing so there are there are lots of great use cases of excel but i think there are also lots of use cases where do you know what it's not the right thing to use you're just using it because all you've got in your toolbox is a hammer
0: so the the change here to Power ups that's helping us is in a big way from an organization point of view is there is a central place where actually power apps is stored where the flows are where the power apps both model driven and canvas apps and the power bi is actually run so you can find them if they are starting running Mm -hmm. loose then
1: yeah i mean i i think that um you know if i'm if i'm Quite honest about it, you, you have to remember that the nature of, um, you know, Power Apps and Flow are very very closely linked. So, for example, you have environments, and inside environments live your Power Apps and your Flow, so they sit sit next to each other. But the same isn't true for Power BI. So Power BI sits elsewhere. There's not necessarily something which is a Power Apps plus Power BI. You know a true power platform solution and so i kind of consider these to be sort of this kind of modular um you know power apps and flow can can link together very well but they do they do exist in a kind of modular fashion so it to an extent that the flow doesn't know that the power app exists and the power app uses the flow so it kind of knows that it exists but but they can the the the, the kind of point of communication if you like is is the is the actual data set that underlies it all and power bi all power bi is does is read what that data set says but the power bi report doesn't live in the same place and and also in many cases the row level security that exists uh, for a power bi report is not the same as what exists for the power app itself so you have a breaking quite often of the row level security that exists so it's you know so it's you know i'm going to say a challenging world but you know but you can make the most amazing things things that are just like you just would not believe the things you can make in power apps that you just there is just no equivalent in any other product it it, it, you know like you just the power that you get and then the fact that the minute you, you built it, it's available on you know it's unavailable available on Android. It's available on mobile. It's available on uh, on your computer. You know it's that that and that rapid publishing is just incredible, and the sharing is really really good. So so I think that the things that that Power Apps and the Power Platform win on are really really important things which mean that we can head towards you know things that feel like solutions that are agile that mean that if somebody says oh I don't like it over there can you put it over here that within reason you can actually make those changes way more quickly and then if you think about what the traditional development cycle would be for these 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 pieces of business software they would tend to be very very long really long almost so long that by the time that some products arrive the world has moved on and the need has changed and so on so i think that the agility of the the power apps is is the thing and and the power platform is the thing that makes it really great um and you know and that and that will have its own issues in the future so So what you'll find is that people will continually be tinkering and then eventually they might break it. And that's where you need to think about application management life cycles and having development environments and test environments and production environments, et cetera, et cetera. And that's when you start to move from, you know, from where the citizen developer would be, where they just wouldn't know about those sorts of things. They're just basically everything's in production and, you know, and and if they get run under a bus, then, you know, Nobody knows how anything works, so you know. So you know whether it's an Excel or Power Platform, they will still have challenges. But I would soon have a challenge in the Power Platform than I would have in Excel.
0: So you talked a little bit here about developers. What do you think are, is stopping them from moving to the Power Platform? Uh,
1: yeah, it's it's a really interesting one. I, I think that I mean. I, i'd almost say you'd have to ask them um but i think you don't consider
0: yourself a developer then even if you have been developing this for almost two years then
1: i think what the way i would think about a i think that what we we call them is pro devs people that have that are professional developers that that know how to develop and i would and I'm thinking about people with dot net skills and and so on so people that have that have come from that direction um which is not at all the direction that I come from and 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 when I talk about I don't really I li- I don't like to talk about code what I talk about are formulas and logic so if you go into a power app and you look at anything in a power app it's just formulas on logic: either your logic works or it doesn't work. Either your formula does work or it doesn't. It does work or it doesn't work. So, um, whereas, um, so, so, I think that the challenge for developers is the way in which you build a Power App isn't a traditional way in which you would build, um, let's say, a .NET solution, and also some of the um, the. the the, the artifacts of a, you know, a pro dev solution don't exist in the likes of PowerApps. So the, the I think some of the governance things about how you have version control and all those sorts of things, they're not as easy to, you know, what is, you know, maybe the answer to like, what is a Power Platform solution? It's not something you can actually hold in your hand very easily because it's it's made of these, these elements, if you like. Um, So I think that that and the other thing is that quite often, um, quite often developers don't actually know about how Excel formulas, you know, the nature of Excel formulas. So when they come across them, they're thinking, Hmm, this is a bit strange looking. How does that work? I, 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 you know, I don't know .NET, so I don't know enough about what the gap is. And I think the final point is that when. You know when you talk about developers you know when they wake up in the morning to my mind a developer wants to write code whereas when you're in power apps you don't really write code you just you know if you want to move something around you move it around if you if you know it's it's not it's not that kind of like deep i'm going to solve a big problem situation you, you know it is it is you know i wouldn't it's definitely not no no code but it is certainly low code um so and so i think that that developers would then be thinking well why have i spent all this time to to become great at what i do so that i can then go and build things which look a bit like glorified excel um but um and, and so I think that's you know and and you know, we aren't seeing that many people come from that pro dev route. Um or or and, and I think it's on both sides. I think there's not enough citizen developers and there's not enough of the pro devs. And I also think that it hasn't entered the consciousness of business. Uh and you can you you know, you you only have to look at Google trends to know that the Consciousness is is rising, but it's not rising as fast as something. When, if you remember, you if you go on to Microsoft Office Home, it's actually something that sits alongside the likes of Excel and Word and Outlook. How can it be that something, something that is as as kind of as easily accessible as that, is not that well known to um, to people? I think it's probably because it's turned off most of the time.
0: So Microsoft are using another term for citizen developers and and solution builders and that's the maker term. Have you heard this before?
1: It it's it's a term that only really uh, it, it only really crops up from a technical perspective um when you are looking at environments and environments are containers for your flows and your power apps and you can be um, you can be a maker in an environment and and to to be honest all that means is you can make things in that environment and what that means is you can build a power app or build a flow and it it, it kind of doesn't mean an awful lot more than that Uh, so but but in terms of you know if you're looking at the if you're looking at you know Twitter or blogs or you know YouTube videos it's not something that I'm seeing an awful lot of. But you know it, you can call it what you like it you know a maker um, solution creator whatever it need, whatever you want to call it. But it's it, I think that it's it's too vague for me. Um, it doesn't really you know what does it mean? It's, I, I don't think it's ever going to um, enter the consciousness because you know it, it's not it's not precise enough. it's not remotely precise enough.
0: So what do you like best then? Is that solution builder or is it a developer or this new term maker then?
1: Well I'm I mean, gonna I think that I'd, I think that something like a, you know a power platform developer, that's a good term because uh for me it as far as i'm concerned anyone that is building things in the power platform that is power bi power apps and flow is a power platform developer they may not all do it to the same level uh and by that i mean uh, the same quality of solution but you know that you could say the same about footballers you know just because one footballer is better than another doesn't mean that one person isn't a footballer, if you see what I mean. So I think that it's it's a good term because I think that from the point of view of the citizen developers, that is where they need to be heading. They need to be thinking about right. How you know, it's no it's not enough. And I have seen this where people think that just because they can build something that makes them a developer. Well it just means that they've just made something. Um but it doesn't mean that they are it doesn't mean that, that they have made something that is going to stand the test of time. It doesn't mean something that that they've they've made something that can, you know, where it is straightforward to build a Power BI report from it, for example. So we all come in at different levels and, you know, and 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 some of it, you know, people will need to fail. I think one of the challenges will be that if, if you only do, say, for example, Power Apps, say, then, and you don't do Power BI, the problem you've got is you won't really know the right way to, in which to structure your data. And by the time you do realize it, that may be too late from the point of view of Power BI. In particular, if you wanted, for example, to do um, direct query. Uh, where you where you've got a direct link to the data and it's always live and and so on, which may be valuable to your organisation. So, yeah.
0: So we try to go into some of the parts here, but I really liked where you have sort of nailed your list of where you think the most blockers are. So can you run through this list for me?
1: Yeah. So so I guess this is. I guess in answer to the, the a question where we're saying, and it's a question that's in my mind where you say, where are all the citizen developers? Just just where are they? And maybe just to, to stand back from what a citizen developer is or could be, well, a citizen developer is somebody that comes to the Power Platform that that is building solutions. And so, well, who are they in the organization? So maybe one of the things is who are these people? You know, for example, if you look at, you know, contracts and so on, what you'll find is that people put contracts uh, and they say needs to be a SharePoint, you know, an you know, expert and a Power App developer. They're just not the same thing. So there's a real lack of understanding of, of you know, where where to draw the line. Um, so I think that, that if, if I was going into an organization, I'd be saying, look, what you need to do is you need to be looking at at your organization, at people with the potential to become citizen developers, people who want to learn um, and and then start from there. So you're going to have to identify who these people could be then you're gonna need to do some kind of training with these individuals. Now, whether or not the training starts with them being inspired into saying, yeah, I really wanna go for this and so on. And as well as training, they're gonna need mentoring because they're gonna build things and then things won't work and they're gonna need help to, to kind of get them over those hurdles. And there are plenty of hurdles, but to be honest, so many of them are so straightforward to get over that they just need, you know, just imagine, you know, doing an obstacle course and trying to get up to something really high and someone giving you a hand to get you over the other side, you know, it doesn't make you a bad person because you couldn't climb up the whole way, but you just need a hand and and, and mentoring is is some of that. You know, there's a, the next point is really on technical competence because ultimately, you're going to have to work, you know, you're going to have to learn your trade in order for you to be successful. You can't just think it's going to come to you. You've got to go to this platform and you've got to, you've got to look at your business problem and think, what am I trying to do here? And, and and maybe strip the problem down to like, it's bare bones where you're not trying to solve everything, which quite often is what people try and do. They try and solve absolutely everything. Well, actually it's not needed at all. And it's it's just making the problem more complex than it needs to be, um, but you will need to be technically competent. Data literacy is really really important. It's it's something that's fascinating to me because I I don't really know. You can see that that in some cases people really aren't data literate. And You think, my gosh, you know the way in which you've laid that out doesn't lend itself to to people doing anything with it, and so you're just going to continually have issues as as a result of that and then start to think about education and whether or not our young people are being educated in data literacy because you know we have you know our our education systems are hundreds of years old and yet we're kind of training them exactly the same way now as as arguably we were we've been training them for many years you know if you look at the broad subjects so um and then maybe the final point is is maybe the most important one, which is around governance um, and application lifecycle management, because, you know, citizen developers will not think about that. It, it, and that's no disrespect to them at all. Some of them will think about it, but most of them will just want to just be so happy they've actually created a solution that they won't necessarily then be thinking about, well, you know have i named my um have i named things in a way that would make it understandable by someone that came after me so in power apps you build loads and loads of uh, lots and lots of um objects effectively and you can label them however you want but you know if you follow a good naming convention your formulas will be understandable and if you follow a bad naming convention it's going to be indecipherable when someone, if somebody was to come across what you've written and whether or not you commented your code and things
0: like that, so it's not just textbooks one, textbooks two, textbooks three. It's actually okay. This is the name textbook. This is the last name textbook. This is so you have that kind of yeah. I mean, there, help as well. I mean,
1: there's great documentation on there. It's not not to say that it isn't there. I mean, but the out of the box, if you build, if you create, um if you create a label for example it will always be called label underscore one the next label will be called label underscore two etc etc but you know you could just call it lbl and then what it means which means and then for example and there's and and there's this this particular naming convention for power apps where you just you know if it's a button it's btn if it's a text input you call it i think it's txt there's actually a whole naming convention and there's a white paper that's been written about how you should name things and of course what that would mean is that then if we all start to do things the same way that means that somebody could come in from outside and then understand something you know if you imagine an excel spreadsheet you go to look at somebody else's excel spreadsheet if it's got any level of complexity they are really really hard to understand you just don't know what any formula could be in any cell it could be just it's just straight pasted values you have no idea what you're looking at um power apps and the power platform are better than that um but they still have you know you you can still do it badly
0: (laughs) i come from a dynamics background Mm -hmm. do you think it's important to know these dynamics if, if you start with the power platform
1: I mean I think I think that um I'd almost say the power platform is made with dynamics in mind. It really is going to be amazing for dynamics people. It's going to be off the scale amazing for them. And you can see it already, you know. I mean the the CRM people, you know, they can you can embed power apps within your CRM solutions. Uh, and what that means is you can have a power you know does what it says on the tin you can have a power app to which data is flowing from your you know, your solution into your power app so you can then in, um, interact with it in some meaningful way so that you can then uh, get some meaning out of it so i think that that that's you know it's it's brilliant it's absolutely amazing for the dynamics community in particular the crm community and and if you actually look at the artifacts of um you know the common data you know the common data model is a dynamics database you're building um you know building entities and so then when you start to look at things like um security roles and, and so on it's basically crm and so when crm people come across it they're going oh is it just that it's like well yes it is and so so when they're you know when they look at the entities and so on it's really great place for them to be and so it is fascinating so the the dynamics people are coming from one direction if you like towards the common data model but you've also got your let's call it the excel people coming from another direction probably via sharepoint but then realizing that sharepoint probably won't do enough and then eventually to the you know the common data model but it's gonna take them a long, long time to get there. Partly because the licensing doesn't really make it that commercial to to build your first app in the common data service.
0: Perhaps it's the other way around from my question then, that if you're coming from a power platform, the CDS and the CDM sort of, the data model is really good to know. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the new platform. And from dynamics, yeah, it's good to know that as well, so you can use that power in your dynamic solution. So the new power platform is actually the thing that we're talking about here, and it's not really dynamics any longer because it's it's the power platform, right?
1: Yeah, I mean that, that's right, and and you know the, the, you know you always get to a point where you get to the you know you get to the outer reaches of people's knowledge and experience and so on so there are there actually not as many people in fact it's there aren't that many great examples of organizations using the common data model not because it isn't um not because it isn't good because i think it's going to prove to be absolutely amazing but it's just that there aren't enough people with the capacity to build well over the solution and there aren't also enough people that with the com it, it's you can understand why pe- the, the business wouldn't then go to it because they'd then say well can you show me examples of businesses that used it and there aren't many businesses that used it and then they maybe want to find out about you know well how easy would it be to get a common data model kind of developer not that's easy i suppose it's a, a dynamics person but they haven't really got there yet because it's kind of new and so on so you know we're are we are at quite early stages and so you know there'll be there'll be some very good reasons why um you know we you would I'd, I'd perhaps consider them as kind of early adopters and you know um and you kind of end up, end up having to accept that there will be times when when you might face challenges you weren't expecting and i think that's just life on the bleeding edge that sometimes challenges you weren't expecting are there but i still think they've done a good job really good job with the common data model so I, I think that you know it may just be a case of lack of knowledge and and so on that 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 can be the real blockers so it's a bit like the example i gave you of the citizen developer needing you know a handover well there aren't as many people to help the people in the common data model scenario to give them the hand to get over the other side of the uh, the challenge but you know i think it's progress i think you just have to go for it
0: if i want to go for it what's the steps that you've taken to gain your knowledge
1: yeah i guess um i guess my steps uh, i, I to be honest i've been quite obsessive about about um about learning and learning and learning and learning um and and so you know i started um learning about power bi and uh, i started watching a video by ruth poswella uh called dax fridays and she would just uh indicate how a uh, one specific function worked and she would maybe spend 10 12 minutes on it and that was enough for me to cope with i could cope with 12 minutes uh, and there was another guy called michael Gervin, and he did lots of videos about um he was actually an excel guy um i forgive him for that but um and he um did lots of videos about power query and it made me think oh my gosh power query is just like ridiculously powerful and so that's got me in there and then you know the power apps was was a bit different in that Um, you you can get to a certain point with Power Apps, and then and then it's like, oh my gosh, what do I do here, sort of thing. And and so you almost like need to turn your brain Power App shaped, if you like, to to become successful with it. And and then almost say, well, actually, you know, you need to become know know how everything works, and then think, right, forget about how Power Apps works. What's the problem? So you know, you know, and and then say. I know that <laughs> you'd almost start with like I I kind of know that Power apps is the answer, but what's the problem sort of thing and right. um, and um, you know, and so and in my case, I've learned an awful lot through uh, my own YouTube channel because I think right, what should I do a video about today? I go well, I'll I'll do a video about this, and you know, and as part of the process, I've learned a lot through through doing that, and I watch a lot of YouTube videos but i will do a massive shout out to the um to tgg so they used to be called um those dynamics guys and they've got a website called dynamics365society.co.uk they are a fantastic community they hold hackathons they've got a power platform bank they have um they've run competitions they you know it, it is a genuine Community feel um, to this group, uh, and uh, and it's an excellent website. And it's not all about dynamics at all. They have blogs, um, they have videos, and so on. Um, so that's a really good place to go. And it is, you know, they are a, a community. They and and I think that's one of the greatest things about the Power Platform today. It's like we've got the place to ourselves. We haven't had. People move in on this and and almost take it over and i think that's kind of worked really nicely there aren't really many egos in the kind of power platform world and you know people know that you know to a degree everyone's learning everyone is learning and that includes microsoft and you can see it all the time with the new developments and so on there's some amazing things that the amazing developments and you know almost every change is good um that, that i can see um although it it is challenging to wake up one morning and then things are different. Um, sometimes, so Dynamics Three Six Five Society is brilliant, but there's also another group called the Power Addicts, um, and uh, and they uh, and they. Um, I'll give another shout out to Keith Watling, um, but there are an awful lot of other um, power, uh, power addicts out there. There's almost like a kind of uh, it's, it's a bit like um, I, I'm not going to sort of drop any things about um, the Marvel Universe, but um, uh, it's a bit like Asgard. In, in the Marvel Universe. It's a people, not a place. I think that's a bit like Power Addicts. They don't actually, I don't think they've got a website or anything like that, but they just are a group and they do hangouts and so on. So, you yeah, know, they do have some things but they are the idea with power addicts is it's a group of people that if somebody kind of tweets out or needs help with the power platform then a power addict would step in and help them directly and the only thing they're asking for is that the the people that have been helped credit power addicts with their success and also then help others out in turn and you can i bought a t-shirt from them today actually (laughs) whilst i don't know what i was up to but um so it's a kind of it's like a it's a bit of a movement that's going on um and they're and they are well recognized in the um in the industry um they're they're recognized by um james phillips uh, as as you know having having influence and and so on so um that's a great bunch of people um where we started with this conversation is what to do if you want to know more so take the basic courses app in a day flown a day do the edx power bi course which is uh which is a video led course uh you can you can do it for free you must 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 get yourself an office 365 license because you cannot experiment with the office 365 platform if you don't have one um and i don't believe that having your work one is good enough you have to have your own one and you have to start experimenting with it power platform won't come to you you have to go to the power platform you have to start building things you have to start breaking things down um Go to the power, um, there's a power apps bank, a power platform bank on the Dynamics 365 Society. So you can download things that other people have built. Brilliant, you know, so, um, and reach out, be social, um, go to the events, talk to people, get excited about it, and take a risk, you must take a risk, because there's no point in being brilliant on um, the power platform if you talk to your organization, uh, and say let's put this in and they go oh no well we don't think it's for us and i'd say do you know what um you know sometimes if your organizations want to be five years behind let them be five years behind and then join an organization that is is happy to actually move into the uh, the new age
0: what's the best part of power platform
1: well i absolutely love I, i'd almost i'd 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 sort of reverse it and just sort of say what's the best thing you've built in the power platform
0: all right then what's that then
1: i'll just give you a little story and so the story goes like this i i love images and i used to do quite a lot of art and and so i've just got this thing with images and i'm fascinated with you know i'm just they just they they kind of do a lot for me if you like and um and so coming up to Christmas. 2018 i decided that i would see if i could do a a power app that would work like a um that it would work like a slideshow but to music and so i was able to basically to all intents and purposes create a list with a lot of images and so on and so my present to my wife was a in part was a power app and it was a slideshow and the great thing but the cool thing about the slideshow is it changed itself every time because there were maybe about 70 photos and they were all timed in and so on and they would just shuffle every time so the the slideshow is different every time but then then it changed and i got to christmas day and i then um my Father and Lloyd passed away a couple of years ago. We didn't have that many photos of him, and not in our house. But I basically ran around. We were at um, the in-laws' house, and or rather, my my wife's sister, um, and went around that took loads of photos from the albums and so on. And I basically used the same solution and then turned it into a uh, a slideshow with my uh, the the, uh, the their late father and. Um, her husband and so that was lovely on christmas day it was all done to the music and um to the do you do they know it's christmas time and it was a lovely lovely moment and then i extended it um so when i went to the power platform summit in amsterdam i kind of thought um uh, I, I thought you know, i've got to do something really special here and i thought oh what i'm gonna do and so what i did was i create a flow and the flow used the hashtag power platform summit and um, what it would do is every time someone tweeted something it would do a sentiment analysis of it and if it was more than 80% positive it would then take uh, it would take that item and push it into a SQL database and essentially i had a database of all of the most positive tweets from the power platform summit and then what i did with it later on was i then turned it into like a competition and so we had a winner to see the person who'd tweeted the most which was great and uh, I also then extended it further because the video worked and so on Uh, and I popped out a video and Microsoft thought it was great and so they then wanted to do something a bit more special and so I extended the app so that instead of it being a random order of photos they could choose the order of photos um, and then we effectively produced a video of all of the best videos uh, of the uh, Power Platform Summit, which was effectively driven by the Power Platform, which I think is an amazing story.
0: <laughs> it's very meta and very cool.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, um, so you know, that's a really fun and and how cool is that? You know, we had in the conference itself, you actually had more than one photo of. Like the award ceremony from different angles by different people. I think that's really good fun.
0: So get yourself a trial on Office 365. Start experimenting. Take the app in a day training, the flow in a day. Look at the EDX. Yeah. Take the Power BI course, video led, and then go for this hashtag Power Addict because you're an addict as well i can tell it worried
1: yeah yeah for my sins you know it's um I, as i say it's. i don't think it's the easiest road in the world um, it's the the possibilities are absolutely vast and i kind of feel like like it's my duty to tell people because I know that all the other power addicts are telling people, but I just feel like I've just got to tell people about this amazing, amazing platform that could just, you know, transform how we do things. You could you could build all sorts of things. You could build little apps that can help people do stock checking. You can do all sorts of things. and And the limits, in my mind, are your imagination.
0: So if people want to find you and listen to you again, where can they find you? Where are you going to be next?
1: So I'm hoping to be presenting at the Power Platform World Tour in London in August. I'll be presenting at the Manchester uh, Power BI Group in September. Um, I should be delivering some training in Iceland in June. So we never managed to get onto this, but I'm a Microsoft trainer. So I've been... um, I've been training um, predominantly dynamics people on the power platform across Europe. So um, this one's a slight, something slightly different. Um, but uh, you know it's you know everyone needs to be trained. <laughs> we all need to be inspired.
0: So if we just want to contact with you, where can I find you then?
1: Well, I think the best place is on LinkedIn um and another good place um you know i haven't plugged the youtube channel but the my YouTube, i i've tried to emulate the ruth poswellers youtube channel and so what i do is uh, i do these tuesday tutorials and um i take a specific function and and i just talk about it for and show how it works for about 10-15 minutes tops and so if you go on to my youtube channel uh, www.youtube.com forward slash data spinners or to be honest just type my name into youtube you'll get there but you know my my stuff is not the only is not the only things that are out there um there are loads of other great people out there so make sure you get social with this and you know join your local um user groups um and you know it you'll you'll really benefit from it
0: thank you rory Neary, for your participation in Serum rocks
1: oh, thank you so much for having me it's been an absolute pleasure
0: and thanks to you listening. And don't forget, you can just comment on serumrocks.com and you can subscribe. Just search for Theorem Rocks in your favorite podcasting app and you'll find it right there. See you next time on Theorem Rocks.